Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to A Year of Grace. Today is episode three of our year-long look, our year-long study about God's grace and His graciousness to us. It's Shannon, your Something New Podcaster, and I cannot wait to share this time with y'all today. We have been talking now together twice, and I have loved our time. We've focused so far on God's grace and what that means in our lives. We've talked about examples of God's grace. We've talked in depth about the very first portion of Psalm 67 verse 1 which is one part of our featured text for this year. Psalm 67 verses 1 and 2 is the the passage where we will be drawing our inspiration for the year. However, if you do not have a Bible or if your Bible is not handy with you, please do not worry about that. I will always, always, always read aloud. We have talked about what it means for God to be gracious to us and to bless us. And today we are going to take up the third portion of verse one, and we're going to learn what it means when God's face shines upon us. Now, as I've shared with y'all, I am reading from the New International Version of the Bible, also called the NIV. I'm in the Psalms, books of praises and prayers to our Father. Here are the psalmist's words from our passage. Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Last time, remember, we learned that when we see the word and in a verse, it's building, it's connecting word. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And now, and make his face shine upon us. Whose face? God's face. Huh. So the psalmist in this praise, this song that he would like to be accompanied with stringed instruments, this beautiful lyric, he speaks to us May God make his face shine upon us. Now, when you pause for just a moment and you reflect what that could possibly mean, may God, God himself, God, our Holy Father, God, our Father in heaven, think of all the ways you've heard God expressed. Personally, to me, He's Father. When I pray to Him, I pray, Father. Father. When I praise Him, I praise Him, Father. Our Holy Father may make His face shine upon us. Now, truly, the essence of grace we've learned 
is that it's unmerited favor. Having our Father make His face to shine upon us, what would be a more symbolic measure of His graciousness to us, His benevolence, His blessing over us, than to make His face shine upon us. Remember, as we've learned, being in the Old Testament book of Psalms, his words are from the Hebrew. When we learn, make his face shine upon us, we literally can think of that as a face or perhaps more likely a presence, a presence, the presence of our father, the benevolent blessing, the graciousness extended to the poor, to the needy, to those who need mercy, that he would make his face shine upon us. The word make, it would indicate the choice being made that our father would then choose to have his face, his presence shining upon us. Now, many times, what will happen when we read a passage such as this, we won't want to interpret it literally because it seems too fantastical. It seems like something out of a movie. It seems like something that maybe would have happened way, way, way back, olden days, when miracles happened, when wondrous miracles occurred. And truly the Lord was making his face shine upon his peoples in the land. Y'all, these words by the psalmist are as true today as they ever were. As true today as the day they were written down. When you come to understand God's word, one of the very first principles that you must take into account is its truth. From front to back, from verse to verse, Old Testament to New Testament, from the gospel to the prophets, to the judges, to the days of the Hebrews, to the days the church is in Corinth, to Rome, the entire counsel of God's word must be believed as truth. Now, This causes sweet sisters and their families, their friends, their loved ones, no end of trouble. Because what will happen is many times a sister will have a loved one, a family member, a husband, usually a husband, (laughs) who won't want to believe that the whole counsel of God's word is the truth. Why? Because typically there are things inside the whole counsel of God's word that are not in alignment with the whole counsel of that particular husband's life. And so what may happen is you may have a wife who is desperate for God's word, and you may have a husband who is equally desperate to keep God's word at arm's length. And so he will argue verse after verse after verse with her. May God make his face shine upon us. It will shine just as surely upon that wife as it will upon that husband. The whole counsel of God's word must be believed. It must be believed as truth. When I come back from this very short break, I'd like to share a verse with you that is impactful. It is meaningful. 
And I believe it will share the right light that we need to help us understand why we can take this verse from the psalmist as a truth. Y'all, I'll be right back. Hi, this is Meg, and you are listening to A Year of Grace by the Something New Podcaster. She'll be right back after this short break. Now, y'all, as we continue our discussion about what it means when the Lord... God, our Father, may make His face shine upon us. And the trouble that sometimes can occur in relationships, in homes, in friendships, when one person may want to interpret God's Word literally, another person may want to argue point by point with that sweet sister. I shared with you that we must come to accept the whole counsel of God's word as truth. And I also shared that there's a wonderful passage that can help us with this particular dilemma that sometimes occurs. Remember, we have been in the Old Testament Hebrew book of the Psalms. We are now going to go to the New Testament Greek book of the Acts. Now, the Acts was most likely written by the physician Luke. However, there are definitely passages that we can tell are authored or at least co-authored by Paul. In fact, the passage that I am speaking to you about now comes from Acts chapter 20, verse 27. Let me share with you Paul's words, and then let's talk about what this means. Now, this is Paul, Acts 20, verse 27. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. The whole will of God. When we speak of the word will, the whole will of God, what we're talking about here is the whole intention of God. The whole counsel of God, God's own reflections about his plan. Remember, he has a plan and a purpose for each life. He has knitted us all together in our mother's wombs. We've learned in the Psalms, we've learned in Romans that his call and his gifts are irrevocable. Now we are learning from Paul in the book of Acts that Paul, as he is leaving the church, the Ephesian church, to journey on to Jerusalem. He, he's speaking to them in almost a, a farewell address. And these are his words. He's saying to them, For I have not hesitated. I haven't faltered. I haven't stumbled. I haven't held back. I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will, the whole intention, the whole counsel of God's own act which is truly God's saving purpose. God's saving purpose to show us his grace. Paul is saying to the church elders, I have not held back from you. I have have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Why? Why is this important? Because Paul knows what is coming upon his departure. 
He knows that by telling the church leaders that he has not hesitated to share the whole counsel of God's will with them, he, Paul, would now be blameless, blameless of anyone's choice to turn away from the truth. Paul had therefore fulfilled the call that God had him in the land of the Ephesians for. His purpose in being there has been discharged. It has been fulfilled. He did not hold back. He did not shrink back. He did not hesitate. He did not hold back. He shared the whole counsel of God's word. Now, this book, this book of the Acts ends abruptly, A.D., approximately 61. Why? Why abruptly? Because Paul, because Luke had told as much of the story as they could tell. But is that all of the story of God, his, his saving purpose in our lives, his graciousness for our lives? Certainly no. Certainly no, it is not. But when a sweet sister will come to believe God's word, and believe it like I did when I first read it, 90, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, year after year after year. It's a living, breathing word. That sweet sister wants more and more and more. When I come back, I will give you the best possible strategy I can for getting more and more and more of God's word into your lives. I'll be right back. Hi, this is The Chief, and you are listening to A Year of Grace by The Something New Podcaster. She'll be right back after this short break. Y'all, I so, so, so hope that you are enjoying this in-depth look at what it means for God to shine his face upon us. We're learning what to do now with the conflicts that are sure to come in our lives as we grow in our walk with him. Because for those of us for whom his word is made real, is made living, we will come face to face I wish you could see me now. I am, I'm, I'm tapping my hands against each other with conflict, conflict in our homes, conflict in our relationships, conflict in our workplaces, conflict will abound when we take God, the whole counsel of his word as truth. We proceed to live it out in our lives as truth. When we are so desperately poor and needy, clinging to him for mercy, we want nothing less. Everything else may leave. But the fire that he's lit inside us as we come to understand our essence, we've spoken about it now in our inaugural episode. We talked about it last time in episode two. It's back again in episode three, y'all. That part of us The call he has on our lives will bring conflict. Let me be clear. Conflict. When we take God at his holy word, that the whole counsel is truth. 
we find freedom. And then we don't have to have battle after battle after battle about verse after verse after verse. They're all true. They're all true. And not one of us is perfect. Not one of us is without need or desire for his grace, his unmerited favor. Let me share with you further into the New Testament. Paul again, Paul is now talking to his young charge, Timothy. We're in 2 Timothy now, chapter 3. I'm going to read all of verse 16 and 17 to you, and then we're going to focus in on verse 16. This is what Paul, the same Paul that we just learned about, is sharing now with Timothy. He says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I know what you're going to say. You don't want to rebuke or correct or train in righteousness or teach. I understand. I understand. But the witness of your life in the life of another sweet sister, in the lives of your colleagues, in the lives of the women you sit shoulder to shoulder with at the very next PTA fundraiser that will be replaced by the one after that and the one after that. Your Christian witness, we have to have it. We have to have it. And if that means that there is time for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness, don't we all need it? I need it. I want it. I want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Remember, Romans assures us he did not equip us so that our gifts would stay hidden. The call he has on my life is helping women shine from within. Shine what? Shine their gifts into the world. Psalm 50 verse 2 assures us perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Perfect in beauty, our Father, God, shines forth. Not me, not you, not the woman down the street or in the next town over or that you watch on television. God shines forth. Why? How? How does God shine forth? When we believe that all scripture, 2 Timothy verse 3 I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. I'm sorry, y'all. It it gets me so encouraged in my spirit. And numbers are not my strength. Y'all might as well know it now because they're not. (laughs) All scripture is God breathed. The Greek language here is beautiful. When you think of the illness pneumonia and the, the breathing, the labored breathing, pneumonia, pneumo, breath, breathing, all scripture is God breathed as if God himself breathed these words into our lives, taking away all of that labor, all of that trouble, all of those times of difficulty and disconnection in our lives. 
The only time this particular word, God breathed, is used throughout the New Testament is right here. Let me get it right this time. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16. All scripture is God breathed. So if someone like me with a call to ministry, with a call to women, supporting women, helping women, encouraging women with a call toward assisting women in our faith, like we just learned in Acts. If I hold back, if I don't share, if there isn't a passion that you feel when you hear my words and you don't understand that just like Timothy, we're hearing it afresh all Scripture is God breathed. Same God that we're speaking of in our highlighted featured text of the song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Make his face, make his presence, his benevolent countenance shine on us, breathing life on us, filling us with his spirit and his wonder and his hope. We are worthy because he says we are worthy. We are his daughters because he says we are his daughters. He formed us, shaped us, knitted us together in our mother's wombs. Many of us, myself included, were born into horribly tumultuous situations. If there were ever two people that should never have married, it would have been my mom and dad. If there were ever two people that should never have come together and had children, it should have been them. I don't take those words lightly. I know what I'm saying. But from that, our Father blessed me with this particular call on my life. And I'm crying again. (laughs) Y'all, there's a call on each life. That graciousness extends to each and every one of our lives. Next time, we're going straight to Romans Because I want you to understand what I mean when I say his gifts and his call are irrevocable. I cannot thank you enough for spending this wonderful time with me. This precious blessing to have you all here with me from around the world. I do not ever take it lightly. It is astounding to me that you're here. I praise him and I bless you all for your loving devotion to him and his word. I cannot wait to dig into this particular passage in Romans. We will do it the next time that we are together because you know I cannot wait to continue to get to know each of you better and better and better. Please let me hear from you. Your comments, your impressions, they're invaluable to me. And so I will save those stories for another day. 
And so for now, from me in Texas, that's a wrap. Bye for now.